How many of you like to win today? Come on. We all love to win. We all love to follow a winner. Uh, if Magic continue to play and continue to win basketball games, they might make it to the playoff. And, and all of a sudden, you'll start to see Magic flags all over town. And if they make it to the semifinals, then the town starts to go crazy. And then they play for the NBA championship. And people are saying, it's a good thing we kept Dwight. Yeah, come on, right? And then people are going nuts. They're going crazy. Because we love, there's something within every one of us that loves to win. You know, I, I found that most people don't really want to know the truth. They just want to win an argument. Right? There's something in you. You just, I'm right, bless God, and you're wrong, and that's the way it is. I don't care what you know. I'm, I know right. We just like to win. We've got this fighting spirit in us. And I love it about people of God who love to be champions. And uh, this uh, weekend, our children, we have a children's ministry called Junior Bible Quiz. I just got to tell you, we have some champions for God in the house today. Come on. We got some champions for God in the house. And uh, we have three teams here at City Church. This is, I think, the X-League, that Peewees. This is one of our teams. And uh, they competed yesterday. And uh, they did a great job. They've committed themselves. This is uh, uh, the, the, the Bible. Help me, teams. What's that? Firefighters. These are the firefighter boys, and uh, they took third place out of the whole state, out of like 70 teams. They took third place yesterday, and they did a great job. And they just, I watched, they just smoked their competition. Killers, I love them. And then first place team, uh, the girls here, they won first place out of 70 teams in our whole state. We've So we just, our guys, they, the other teams are on the state walking, fear and trembling when they play against our two teams. And I'm just so proud of these guys. But more importantly, they're getting the word deep into their hearts. And uh, sometimes as a parent, well, you know, what's the, what's the big deal about all that? But I can tell you, uh, I have my own children experience this particular ministry to see the impact that it's had on their life. The fruit doesn't happen necessarily. You know, a seed doesn't turn into a tree produce fruit within a year. It's the long-term process of the Word of God dwelling within their hearts. And then, So we had that yesterday, and then this weekend, we actually, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, and Saturday morning, our young people had a conference called Awakening. And uh, brother Tim Wiseman and his wife Carla, Tim is right down here in the front row. Tim, it's great to have you with us. He was our guest evangelist. And I got to tell you, my boys came home Friday night at 2 o'clock in the morning because they, God showed up in this house. God showed up in this building, in this place, and they didn't want to leave. Uh, they were worshiping and prophesying and laying hands on one another and being built up. And Come on, 2 o'clock in the morning. Come on, let's give God a great big hand. And uh, i got a couple of young people real quick. If they could come up, Paula could come up and... Uh, Jamie, you come on. What's that? Alicia, okay. We've got two of them going to come up. I want, to, I want you guys just to hear, kind of, can I just set this over to the side here? All right. Thanks. Come on over here. Why don't you come over right in front of here? Uh, this is Paulette, and uh, how old are you? I'm 16. 16. She had to think about that one for a minute. Where do you go to school? Uh, Lake Mary. Okay, so coming to this awakening, what were you expecting to happen in your life? I 
was expecting. Yeah. Um, well, I attended Panorama last, like, over the summer, so I was expecting almost the same thing, and um, I was just expecting, you know, like, God to show up and um, my, like, my spirit to just have, like, a new fire for God and, like, just, like, wanting, like, God a lot more than what I used to. Uh-huh. And um, it actually did happen, and then it was called awakening, and then, like, it really did awaken you, and it just, like, a lot of... Um, things were learned. I learned a lot of things about, like, the Holy Spirit and how it um, changes, uh, purifies you, and it's just, like, amazing, and, like, a lot of things happened that I did not expect to see, and um, I was um, blessed enough and to receive uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on. That filled the Holy Spirit. How do you feel inside right now? I'm just, like, I'm just happy all the time. Come on, you got joy. <laughs> just like, yeah, hey, man, that's joy. great. Hey, Damien, come on over and why don't you talk to us real quick. Tell us what God did in your life. What did God do in your life, brother? Um, well, I wasn't going to go to Awakening. Um, I was actually going to hang out with my uncle. But, um, they just talked kid, you into it. Yeah, these kids are very persistent. Persistent. Like, they don't leave you alone. So they drug you to church, man. They made you come. Pretty much. Um Actually, that day, the day Wednesday, Alicia like paid half of it for me. So, oh, come on, go, Alicia um, gets a great blessing. Amen. And uh, I'm really glad I went. Like, there was a bunch of kids that like I thought I would never like, that would, like normally would never go to these things. Uh-huh. And um, my friend Evan, my sorry, my friend Evan, he's um a bassist in my band, and like so many like he was like set free, and then like. Friend Michael was laid out twice by Tim. It was amazing. You laid out by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Huh? So twice well, on the ground. It was knocked it was, out. Yeah, it was awesome. Power of God. That's awesome. And how about you? What happened in your heart? What did God tell me? One thing God did in your life? Um, I don't know. Like I'm much happier. I can't really describe it. It's, yeah. Like I just like feel more driven. You know. Like I feel like with God, like literally, I could do so many more things now. Amen. So. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hey man, Alicia, come on over. Hang on, just guys, hang on just a second. Yeah, so I came here expecting God to move, but I didn't think He was going to move like quite that. like that, huh? And then it's just, powerful. Yeah, and just seeing the students that, like you said, that usually wouldn't ever worship or wouldn't ever come to one of these things or don't even come out on a regular basis, they came in here and they encountered the cross. And like for me, it just reawakened like my spirit for this world and for this city. And I just know that God. Tell wants us to what do you see things. God doing in our community. Um, I just see awakening with every single person in this city. Like, he's going to reach from as far as we can even see in this entire city. Like, our city is going to be saved and going to see God because of what happened this weekend. Oh, and, like, even in this just church right now, even in the adults, like, we're all going to be awakened if we just want it and we seek him and we continue just to fight for it. Amen. Like, we're going to see great cool. things happen. Amen. Amen. Let's give them all a big hand. Great job, guys. Thank you. An awakening, an awakening in our hearts and our lives. And sometimes, well, that was really cool. It happened for the youth. But our team last night was praying for you, that God's Word would become alive, that there would be such a tangible reality. What happens in the believer's life, the longer you live, sometimes the tendency for us is to focus on the problems, our problems, focus on our sin, rather than on the grace and on the cross of Christ. And the reason that we find ourselves going through these patterns and doing kind of the same things that we've always done and finding ourselves stuck in our Christian walk 
is because we make the problem or the sin stronger and more powerful than the grace of God. And I want you to know t- t- today that the grace of God, the love of God, is the most powerful thing on the planet. God so loved the world. God loves our city. God loves this city. And we had some events take place in this community over the last month that has rocked this city. You know, I don't know why God brought my family 3,500 miles from Seattle, Washington to Sanford, Florida. I don't know. It wasn't on my agenda. I didn't like set out my course to say, I'm going to go to this city. But I can tell you when I ended up in this community eight years ago that it was God. God destined this church to be here in this hour, in this city, and in this day. And uh, you would have to be dead, buried, and not alive on planet Earth in the city of Sanford not to know what's happened in this community over the last month. And I find myself in this place in this time realizing and recognizing that there are hurts and there are pains and there are things that go very, very, very deep. My small group on Friday night, uh, Jim and Linda Watson are a part of my group, and we spent the better part of that evening talking about what God is doing and some of the things that have happened in the past to bring this community to this place, to this time, to this hour. And I want to talk about as a pastor, I want to just share my heart with you what I believe God wants to use this church for. The first thing that we're going to do in just a moment, we are going to pray as a church. And at the end of our prayer time, I'm going to challenge us tonight. There's a prayer rally for this city. There's a prayer rally for unity and peace in this city at 6.30 at Sanford City Hall tonight. And uh, my friend jo- Janet, right down here in the front, can you just stand up real quick and, and be my model, turn around and show everyone the shirt that you are wearing. Many of you have this shirt, I Love My City, Vision 2012. That was the vision that God gave us for this community. And tonight we are going to meet downtown as a church family with churches across this community, and we're going to pray for the peace of God to come into this city. But I want to talk about four things quickly. I want to talk about the church and our responsibility to demonstrate the compassion of Christ. There was a family, the Martin family, that lost a 17-year-old boy. I want you to picture that as a parent. I have a 16-year-old and a 21-year-old right now. And let me tell you, as a father of a 16-year-old boy, the worst thing that I could possibly imagine is my boy going to the store for an iced tea and a bag of Skittles and never coming home. I mean, just put yourself, just set aside all your, your, your preconceived ideas and what you think and who did what and how all that happened. You're not the judge anyway, and you weren't there. But what we can do is we can identify with those who are suffering. It's exactly what Jesus did for you. The Bible says that Jesus went to the cross. And the reason He went to the cross is because He identified with you in your pain and your sin and your brokenness. You see, there's no one righteous in this room. There's no one right in this room. We all stand before the cross of Christ as dirty, rotten sinners in need of the blood of Jesus. Every single one. And I can tell you today, my boy, 16-year-old, doesn't come home. I'm, I, I, my life is never the same. There are two families and a city that, and a community and a nation that's focused on this right now. Now, you might you know, not be focused on it, but I'm, as the leader of this local church and in this community, I feel this deeply. I feel this deeply right now. And I feel deeply for these parents that lost a boy. I can't even imagine it. My worst nightmare 
And if you can't have some empathy and compassion and have a feeling, a sense of, of some kind of, we want some kind of justice, we, we want some kind of answer here, you're, you're just dead. You're thinking wrong. I don't know anyone here believes that way, but I want to just help you today. We are to pray for this family. They, they haven't even begun to grieve yet. There's so much emotion and so much whirlwind and so many things that are swirling around right now. They haven't had the process of even, of even recognizing really what's happened in their life. We need to pray for this family. This man that pulled the trigger, his life is never the same. His life is destroyed. I mean, two families will never be the same, destroyed. We're going to pray for that family. We're going to pray, God, God, somehow what the enemy meant for evil, one bad decision, one stupid decision, Changes a whole family's life. Not only changes a family, rocks a whole community. So we're going to pray for those families. That's, that's the compassion of Christ. That's what Christians... Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. They're saying, hey, this is all for free today. Blessed are the peacemakers. We are called to be people. Well, that don't involve me. i got other stuff going on. I don't, you know, it's, I'm over here doing my life. You know what? You are called, Jesus said, to be salt and light. We are believers. We have the presence, the power, the reality of the resurrected Jesus, His Holy Spirit living in us. And we can make a difference. We can make a difference in this city. So we pray. We pray today. We pray for this family. The second thing that we pray for is justice. I want you to put this verse up. It's the whole Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the first five books, the Torah, the Torah is called the law of God. All the rest, the Psalms, the prophets, the poetic books, all have to do with describing, detailing, telling us what the law of God means in our life. Jesus came as the fulfillment. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. And Deuteronomy, the, the book of the law, is exactly what it is. The book of the law says this. Follow justice and justice alone so that you may live and possess the land the Lord your God is giving you. Justice. We are to be people of justice. As a matter of fact, you read the verse before. It says, cursed is the man who doesn't practice justice. Twice God says he will curse people who don't treat other people justly. You're an employer. You don't treat your employees justly. God says his curse is upon your life. I mean, it's just one of these things, man. We want to walk away from it as a Christian, but we just can't. We want justice. We want to make sure that in this, whatever happened here, that justice is, is adjudicated. So they, there's a process here. There's, there's a right way to do this. There's a right way to approach this sin. And, and things can get very emotional. Things are very tense right now. Things can blow up and be based on our emotion. But we want the process to work. Because we do have a system of law in our culture and our community. So we want justice to be adjudicated. We want them to do the right things, make the right decisions. And so we are praying for justice. It's what God's commanded us to do. And as a righteous people, we are His righteous people. We are to pray that way. The third thing that we are praying for is unity. Everyone say unity with me. Psalms 133, can you put that verse? How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. We are brothers today. Every person in this room. We're brothers not by bloodline, not by natural bloodline, but we are, bloodline by, we are brothers by, and sisters by spiritual bloodline. 
You see, when Christ came, He didn't come just for the Jew. Jesus came for the Jew and for the Gentile. And as a matter of fact, Paul gave us this great revelation. He said, no longer is there Jew, no longer is there Gentile, no longer is there this people group or that people group. There are men and women. No, no, no. In Christ, we are all one. You see, it's not about race, but it's about the grace of God coming into our community. God gave me a vision. God gave me a vision for this city that we would be a church of the people. We would be a church that represented this community. We're not looking at one another, judging one another, and having preconceived ideas because of some political agenda. The only political agenda I have today is the cross. The only thing that I want to glory today is in the cross. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I tell people, I'm a Republican. Come on! It ain't about a political party. It's about the cross of Jesus Christ that unites people. This is the message of the gospel. It's the message of truth. How good and pleasant. Let's look into this next verse, Jeremiah. In a day of injustice, in a day when the children of Israel, because of their disobedience, had been taken to captivity, there was one man who was willing to stand as a mouthpiece before God. He was willing to stand. And this is what he said in Jeremiah 24. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those who were carried away into exile from Jerusalem into Babylonian. Look at verse number 5. Build houses. Settle down. Plant gardens. And eat what they produce. In other words, wherever you find yourself, you're in this community. You might live in Seminole County, Lake Mary, Orange County, Volusia County. But wherever you find yourself, this is what you are to do. Marry, have sons, daughters, find wives. Give your daughters in marriage so that they may too have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. The re people, you know, well, why do you want City Church to grow? Because it's the heart of God for us as a people to increase. It's the heart of God for us to be a happy people, a blessed people who dwell together in unity in a city. But when something like this comes along, we've got to stand up. And we've got to say something. We've got to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And the solution today is to do this in Jeremiah 29.7. Also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Listen to me. You want to see the unemployment rate go down in Seminole County? You want raises and promotions and better jobs and better businesses? Stop cursing the government. Stop damning the nation. And start blessing the nation. Start blessing the city. Come on. Start praying for the blessing of God. We pray for this city. If this city prospers... Come on, if the city of Sanford becomes the head and not the tail, you will prosper. You will be blessed. This is just Bible. Get, away, get Move away from the rhetoric. Let's stand around what the God says. So we're going to pray for this city. And then this is who we pray for in the city. We pray for the leaders of the city. Paul the Apostle told the church, the church at Ephesus through Timothy, he said, pray for those who are in authority. You have that verse? I, don't know if we had, I gave you that verse tonight. Pray for those in authority. First, pray for kings. Pray for your president. You're commanded to pray for him. I mean, you know, we just think the Bible's optional to us. We just, the parts of the Bible we like, we do. We don't like it. You know, it's not really relevant to me. We pray for kings and for those authority. 
I've been praying for the mayor of this city. His name is Jeff Triplett. I've only known him for about 10 months, but I've had lunch with him a couple times now, and, and I've had many telephone calls and many texts over the last week or so. We've had many conversations around what's happened here in our community. And he stood up on Thursday night downtown at the, at the park, and there were a lot of people that were angry about what's happened, and they want justice. And there were many people that were, they started to boo him, and, and uh, Kareem Brown, representative from the state of Florida here, congresswoman from the state of Florida, she could feel the intensity of the crowd and the people coming against them. And they booed him off the stage. And she stood up and she said, listen, she brought Jeff Breck up. This happened. He, and he texted me last night. And he told me that one woman saved the day. Corrine Brown stood up there and she said, she said, this man is with us. He's for us. He's fighting for the battle. And the whole thing completely turned that night. And what the enemy meant for evil, what the enemy meant, and this is here the deal. When we start praying for the unity in this city, what Satan has meant for evil to divide people. God, if we the people of God will stand together and pray and set aside our ideologies and we're just saying we're, we're blessed are the peacemakers. We are here to bring peace into this city. That is our calling. That is our destiny. Listen to me. If we do this as a church family and as a church body, we will see what Satan meant for evil. Because listen, Satan is the author of death. He's come to kill, steal, and to destroy. And it's time for it to stop in this city. Come on. It is time for it to stop. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. My wife and I tonight at 6.30 down at City Hall with a group of people, we're going to be praying. We're going to be praying for the city. We're going to be wearing our shirts. I love this city. I love this city. Thank God that He's called us here. If you've seen what I've seen, You've seen what I've seen with young people by the hundreds coming to the cross. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds over the last five years and families being impacted. You've got to know God is up to something good. God is up to something good in this community. And I challenge us. I challenge us as a church family. Here's the deal. We're talking about the Word. We've been 40 days in the Word. And this is where it gets really uncomfortable. It gets really uncomfortable when you have to practice the Bible. Uh, a f- former associate of ours, Gary Richard, came this morning. He's now Seminole County Sheriff. A- and he was here this morning. He came at 8 o'clock and he was talking to me. And he said, you know, he said, what people want to see is how your Christianity works out, how it really lives when you're under hot water. You know, when you're going through a financial problem in your life, how does your Christian, how does your Christian life really work? And when you're having challenges in your family and in your home, how's the Word of God working in you? When something like this happens in our community, in our city, how is the Word working in you? Are you going to be part of the solution? Come on, you're going to be, oh, that's up to somebody else. I ain't, I'm not going to mess myself with that. I just, well, let's, I'm going to be a peacemaker because I want to be a blessed man by God. I want to stand in the place of unity. I want to stand in the place of agreement. I want to see the kingdom of heaven come. Because Alicia last night in our prayer meeting got a vision from God for this city. And she didn't see a city divided. She saw a city united. She didn't see a city that burning up in flames. She saw a city that was aflame with the Holy Spirit of God where people were being saved by the thousands. And let me tell you, it can happen. But God's looking for someone that will believe. God's looking for someone that will believe. See, today, we're people dedicated and committed to the Word of God. We're people that we believe in this Word Where's my Bible? I lost my Bible there. We believe, we believe in the Word of God. 
I got one little illustration. You got a bunch of notes there. Just going to go ahead and we're not even going to use those notes. I got one little. We're like this. This is our life. This is our life. We're like this tea bag. This is us. And there's this thing called life. And uh, life has lots of hot water. You know, when you're a little baby, you're a little four year old running around the preschool here at City Kids Academy, you don't have a care in the world. Biggest problem you got is that little kid next door pulled your hair on the playground. All right? Or your teacher told you to stand straight in line. And then life happens. And you have families. And you have kids. And you lose a job. You get a job. You got to move. All these things happen. Conflicts in your home. Divorce comes. Financial challenges come. Your life all of a sudden starts to fill up like hot water. Your life represents this tea bag. And this book here. This book here represents the solution to your problems. The words that God spoke through holy men of old, as we've been in this 40-day-in-the-word journey, learning how to, how to be better students of the Bible, learning the power of Scripture memorization, learning, learning and allowing God to speak to our hearts through His Word. This Word here has the potential and the power to saturate, to change and to transform your life. So you have this word. You have this tea bag. And this water here, this water here is it's spirit and truth. So the, the truth is you have stuff happen in your life. But the Spirit of God comes into your life. Last Friday night, young people encountered the Holy Spirit. I was so jealous I wasn't able to be here. I said, why don't you guys text me? My small group got over at 9 o'clock. They were just beginning. They had five more hours to go. And uh, as you allow the word, the spirit of God's word to come and begin to fill this vessel like that tea bag. I could put this in here one time. And this is what most Christians do. They just, they get around the word one time a week. They go to church on Sunday and they hear the Bible. And that's about all the word that they get. And you can see that tea bag when you put it in there one time. I mean, it's starting to change a little bit. I mean, you could smell it maybe. You can smell the tea starting to brew. You put that in there multiple times. You get in your Bible on Monday. You get in your Bible on Tuesday. You allow the Spirit of God. When you're going through the hot water of life on Wednesday, you're meditating on it. I meditate upon your laws day and night. I hide the the Word of God away in my heart that I might not sin against you. You're in the Word and you're talking about the Word and, and you're asking God to help you live the Word. Now you're into Thursday. You know, and, and you spent time worshiping Jesus that day. And, and now you're now you're into Friday. And it ain't TGIF because it's the end of your work week. It's it's Sunday's coming. And I get to meet with the people of God again. And all of a sudden your life's starting to change. And then by the time you get to Sunday, you've been in the Word all week long. And this thing is no longer just a glass of hot water that your life is full of. Now we call it tea. I like Earl Grey tea. I have certain specialties and I have my little sugar that I put in there, my little cream. And I like to drink tea. You know, but when it's just hot water, it's not very good. But when you allow the Holy Spirit to start to cause that aroma, the aroma of His Word to saturate your life and your heart, you start to change. Something starts to happen inside of you and inside of your heart. Now you're drinking of rivers of living water. Now you're, now you're experiencing exactly what happened to a man by the name of Zacchaeus in the Bible. 
Zacchaeus in the Bible was a wee little man. Was a wee little man, was he? He was a little short guy. And one day you heard that Jesus was coming by. Jesus. You see, the whole thing, this whole book, is about Jesus. From the Old Testament, the Old Testament telling us about the one who was to come, the Messiah. The New Testament is about revealing who this Jesus is to us and the kind of life that we can have if we encounter him and serve him and worship him. I can't, you know, we did 40 days in the Word, and I believe it's one of the best things we've ever done. So it's giving you some tools. Brother Jimmy said, it's given me some tools. It's given me some tools to be able to study the Bible for myself. And the reason most people don't study the Bible or read the Bible is because they read it just, they can't understand. They don't have background. Revelation of Jesus through the pages of this book from Genesis to Revelation. See, something happens in your heart. Now you have what John said. The Word has become flesh and dwelt among us. The Word has become flesh. He's now living in you. He's real. And Zacchaeus hears about this man. He hears about this guy. And the Bible says he goes and he tries to climb up in a tree so that he can see him. And you know what that is, most Christians? That's you climbing up the religious, the religious ladder of spirituality. If I just try a little harder, if I just do this a little more, if I just try to do a little, if I just you know work this a little bit better, and I, I know God, I blew it this time, but I promise. And somebody told me that they made all these promises to God. They had some problems in their marriages. And God, I'll start going to the jail. I'll start serving in the church. I'll start tithing. Get some problems and I'll make these promises. God, I don't want your promises. I want you. God, don't want your promises because you would never going to keep them anyway. He knows you ain't going to keep them. He knows that. He knows that you are prone to weakness and failure and sin. He wants you. And Zacchaeus climbs up in the tree. Little wee man that he was so that he could see Jesus. And all of a sudden Jesus says to Zacchaeus, Hey Zacchaeus, come on down from that tree. Zacchaeus makes his way down from that tree. And let me tell you, this is what happens when this book encounters your life. When you begin to get a revelation of who Jesus is in this book. And He begins to change your heart and change your life. Your marriage does get better. Come on, your finances do get better. Come on, your relationships with your children. Because something is happening in you. Zacchaeus comes down from that tree. And as he comes down from that tree. Oh, Jesus. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I just want to come home with you. You see, it ain't enough just to get Jesus in the church house. Jesus has got to get in your house. It ain't just enough to run and shout and jump and have a Holy Ghost camp meeting because when your feet hit the ground, Jesus wants to say, can I come home with you now? Did you just leave me in a building? No, I want to come into your house. I want to be with you when you're watching TV. I want to hang out with you when you're having dinner with your children. I want to be with you when you go to your job and you're having to make difficult decisions about right and wrong. See, so many times we think it's about this religious experience over here. But Jesus comes down to Zacchaeus and says, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house. And the King James says, and with exceeding joy. See, with exceeding joy, Zacchaeus says, come on over. Come on over. 
You see, it's with joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When Christ comes, I kept hearing that from these young people. I don't know what happened, but there was so much joy there. Well, Jesus doesn't want just joy in this house. He wants joy in your house. Come on, let me, let me, let me tell you today with the joy of the Lord, it will produce victory and a passion for this word and a desire to know Jesus in a greater way in your life. And then guess what happens? Jesus didn't have to tell Zacchaeus to tithe. His heart was changed. I mean, when Jesus changed my heart, I stopped shoving up my nose, pouring it down my throat, spitting it on myself, and I just wanted to give to God. It was never this tension about how much I did for Jesus. I had to do nothing for Jesus. He did everything for me. He did everything for you. Oh, I just can't do that because I don't know. And I don't know if I can believe that part. You know how much I got, Pastor? Let me tell you today. Let me tell you, when Jesus comes into your heart and He changes your life, you're a changed man. Zacchaeus was a changed man. Just one encounter with Jesus will change your life. One touch, one encounter. And that's what I see in this city. One touch from Jesus today. So this tea's been in this hot water for a little while now. I need some of my aguave and a little cream. What kind of tea? Green tea bag. Next, I need a black tea bag. I need some. Give me some darkness up here. Can't even see it. This is green tea. That's why it's so light. I'm thinking, man, that's hot water. It's light. I drink that now. Now they call it tea. I can drink that. That's good. Green tea. Green tea is better for you. It's got more antioxidants in it. So I drink green tea this morning. What happened? The Word of God gets into our heart and it changes our life. There's a couple that's been in our church for a couple of months now. And they've had some really challenging things. They've had some real hot water come into their life. And they're going to come right now. And I just we're going to interview them. And I want you to hear what God's done in their life over the last couple of weeks. I want to invite Ed and Eileen to come down. I want to just have you stand. I don't want you to come on the platform right now. I want you guys to come on down. I want to just talk to you just for a moment. Brother, I want you. Can you make it up here? Can you? Wouldn't get it. Tim, can you just put a chair up here? We'll have you come up and sit in a chair here. Just turn around. Now, I want you to stand right here. Ed, why don't you sit right there? Okay. What's that? Oh, the magnets. We're going to stand over here in the corner. Come on over. That's okay. I don't even think that one's hooked up, is it, Tom? No, that one's not even hooked up, so you were good. You were safe there. Amen. Well, guys, um, I got a really good report. And I thought, you know, I thought it would be really, really cool for you guys to share, Ed, for you to share, and Eileen, for you to share what God's done. But I want you to tell us what happened in your life about three. You just started coming to City Church just a few months ago. Why don't you tell us what happened in your life right after that? Well, uh, it's September the uh, 29th. I was uh, working on my car with my grandson, and uh, I had this bad feeling in my heart. And then I got real woozy, and so I said, let's stop. So I went in the house and uh, got a cold glass of water, and then my daughter thought my face had flushed, so it was all white. And she decided we, that we, we decided we were going to call the emergency squad. Make a long story short, they brought me in the hospital. And uh, 
they concluded that I needed uh, to get open heart surgery. So, uh, I mean, I'm 55. I've been an athlete all my life. I, I didn't expect this. Always watch what I ate and everything. So uh, I went and went through the rigors of it. And on October the 4th, I got a six-way bypass. And uh, I, I needed 11 bypasses. Wow. But uh, I only, they could only get so many veins out of my legs. And then uh, as my 15-day recuperative process occurred in the hospital, uh, I come to find out that this all stemmed from 30 years ago when I had cancer. And uh, I had gotten chemotherapy, and they wouldn't, it wouldn't work, so they gave me tr um, uh, radiation treatments. Well, I don't know if you know anything about radiation treatments, but back in 30 years ago, they were powerful. The, one, the radiation treatments I was getting was like 40,000 times more powerful than a normal x-ray. And they would hit me from the front and hit me from the back for a minute, and I did that five days a week for a year. Well, all this time, I... My body and my heart and all my everything is soaking up all this radiation. Well, when Dr. Uh, Thompson, who's a Christian man, uh, recently when he was doing the surgery, uh, first I died on the table, and uh, he prayed me back. Um, Good thing to have a Christian doctor. Yeah, there, amen. amen, amen. But but before that. I just love this man. I don't even know him that well, but I just love Pastor so much. I looked up when I was just getting ready to go through the process, and I looked up at the end. Here he was standing at the end of my bed. I'm like, who's this guy? And it was him. He was standing there. And, I mean, I've been to some churches. I've been saved since 1970. And I've been to some churches. I've been in the, in the hierarchy of churches. I've been a pastor and assistant pastor and all that. But I'll tell you, in all the years that I've known the Lord, Pastor Smith is just, he, he, is, he, he shows me Christ. He shows me Jesus. Because he had no compunction, no whatsoever, no shadow of turning. He was there for me. He didn't even have to know who I was. He, he knew me about a week and a half, two weeks. And he prayed for me. And I received that prayer. And I told him, I looked him right in the eye, and I said, I'm not dying, I'm coming back. Come on, amen. And uh, <laughs> we agreed, you know. And it's just is kind of funny for me to say this because I've been going through this for such a, a while now. But um, after the surgery, I had spoken to the doctor, and he told me that now this guy's been a, a heart surgeon for 25 years. And he opened me up, and he said, your heart was the largest heart I had ever seen in my life. What happened was my heart had expanded so big that the veins from the radiation treatments over the years, that the veins, they didn't, they didn't constrict. They, they just went flat, and there was no blood flow or whatever. So I should be dead. I shouldn't be on this side of the grass. God's got a plan. You know, but, but you know what? He has trained me up over the last 40 years. I got so much word in me. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. Come on, Them veins got to open up. Amen. You know, and, uh, you know and, and just the encouragement I've, I've, I've gotten since I've been here. I, I make it to church. It's been a little bit sporadic because of my healing process. It hasn't been very easy. But it's not about me. It's about, it's about what the Lord, it's about what he said today. You know, it's about Jesus. 
And he died on the cross. He suffered all this. By his stripes I was healed. Two thousand years on, ago, man. before I was even, you know what I mean? Before I was word. even born, I was word, healed. Man. You know, and uh I mean I could sit around having a pity party because I got a defibrillator in my chest. And I used to be a strapping young man, dunking the basketball when I was forty eight years old and, and working on a railroad for fifteen years and you know, benching four hundred and fifty pounds, deadlifting six hundred and thirty pounds. Now I could barely pick up a bucket of sand. But it doesn't matter, see? Because my spirit is strong. Come on, amen. My spirit, man, is amen, strong. Amen. Because the, the flesh is weak. Amen. And, um. Why don't you tell us? So you had, I mean, you've gone through this, and obviously this caused some challenges in your, in your life because you weren't able to work in your finances. And that's where we're going to come over here. We're going to talk to your wife, and I want to hear about what God's done in this area of your life. So you're here, and the Word of God, because you had the Word of God hid away in your heart. When you went through the hot water of life, you didn't quit, you didn't give up. You're able to sit here and tell us that your spirit, man, is strong. Man, you're going to live and not die. You're going to see the glory of the Lord work in your life. Amen? And so... Okay, his name is Black Stevens. He has been searching the Holy Spirit for, for nine, ten years. He was at my house... And I was allowed to get the Holy Ghost to come in that room with us. He started praying in tongues and he received on, the baptism man. of the Holy Spirit in my house. And now he's, he's so open now come that on. he don't know what to do. Amen. 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 Enemy tried to take him out. God had another plan. Amen. All right, let's right. hear it. Well, Ed actually had words years ago from prophets from the churches that we've been through, people that didn't know him, and they did tell him his, his, his name, Ed, means the altar of God or something, that, that you would be a witness that the Lord is God. And he loves that scripture, and he received that prophecy few times or more that he was going to be a witness the Lord is God. And I felt God revealed because of what happened with him. So let's talk about, your, well, let's talk about what happened. So your finances and obviously difficult. Yeah, it was really hard. Um, He was working, and we've been on and off with the finances throughout years. Even years ago when we went to a small church, Ed was a co-pastor at a small church of about 30 people up north, and he lost his job one day, and I went with the Lord that night, and God said through a scripture that I'm going to take him into ministry full-time, and it's going to be hard, but it's going to be okay. And it was just amazing. He made not even enough money to take care of himself. And we had a family of six. God just started bringing sources all over the place to support us. People take us out and feed us. We had a clothing ministry. We had a food ministry, food bank. I mean, it was incredible what God does when you serve him, you know. But then just recently when he, um, when he had his fallout, he came home and said, Todd can't pay me anymore. I lost the job. And I was like, oh, my God, not again. And we had gone through that the year before. I had never experienced anything so horrible where we couldn't pay our bills every month. And uh, we didn't belong to a church at that time, so we didn't tithe. But I gave offerings. And um, this time, uh, I, my, we started to decrease on my job because I get bonuses. And when it gets slow, I lose some of the money. And I said, Lord, if I could just give $50 a paycheck. Well, that pretty much was my tithe. So I increased in my tithe. And I heard God say to me, I want you to give out of your poverty. Because that's how you get out of it is by giving. And this was just a couple months ago or so. I just started giving wherever I could. Like right now I give to the kids at church. I'll give little snacks. Wherever I see 
I'll give for that. And I came to Ed. We started having all these problems with repairs in the house. And thank God, God provided friends and stuff. And I finally came to Ed because we had just started coming here. And I said to him, you know, we have to tithe on your salary. And I know it's like, how are we going to do it? It's like impossible. We wouldn't even have enough for food to do that. And, you know, we did. He ju- we just said, okay, we're just going to step up in God's word. He said that you rob me when you don't tithe. And you're going to have, like, holes in your pocket. So our tithing check is the first thing that comes up. And he says in his word that he will protect our money. He'll rebuke the devourer for your oh, sake. Amen. There have been so many areas amen. that could have come against us. And we even taxes. We were supposed to owe, like, 5000 And we had a Christian girl do it. And it came down to where we actually got money in the end. That was incredible. I was, like, crying, saying, thank you, Jesus, amen. because we tithe. And that's hard. We tithe a lot of money. But amen. it's hard to do. But God, God meets the needs. We'll get things for free or we'll just, you know... So, you know, I just want to encourage everyone, you know, you just speak God's word, as Pastor says, over your life. You speak that thing that be not as though it were. God says nothing is permanent. Everything is temporal. And you can't look at the way things is. And Ed encourages me. I encourage him. And I'll say to him, Ed, he'll say to me, I'm not the man I used to be. I said, listen, who cares what the physical is? You're still the same in here. You're still the same man. That hasn't changed. And you're going to be a better man and a bigger man when you're through all this. And we only grow from these things we go through. You know, So tithe. If you're not doing it, don't say, oh, I don't have the money. I have to wait until I have it to tithe. No, you won't increase that way. You've got to give it to get it. And as you give it, God says that he will not only give unto your bosom, press down, shaken together, and running over, but he takes that seed and he sows it, that not only will you have enough for yourself, but you'll have eventually enough that you can even give away. And that's such a great feeling to get back to that again. And I know we will. And I just praise God today for my husband. And that's good. For... Amen. Ushers, in just a moment are going to come. And this is the power of the word. We obey the word, and it's not easy. Remember the challenge that lays before us whenever God tells us to do something? Very seldom when God says, I want you to do something, is it really easy for us to do because it requires obedience. It requires obedience. And when we obey the, the word of God in every area, in our relationships, in our jobs, when we obey what God says about how we treat one another in our city, how we bless people, blessed are the peacemakers, all these things in our heart. We can have all kinds of reasons why you can't do it. Whatever it is, God says, if you do it, I'll bless you. If you obey me, I will bless you. I will make you the head and not the tail. The blessing of Christ always rests in obedience. They had a great miracle. The medical bill, a huge, huge miracle in the medical bill. They've had some incredible miracles that have happened. And I know that God honors those who obey His Word. And I want today, we're going to go into our Easter season in two weeks and have our Easter celebration service. And we have Good Friday service right here on Friday night at 7 o'clock. And focus on the cross, going into Easter. And it's a time to prepare our hearts, and deal with some stuff on our life, take communion together. And it's just going to be an inc- every year that I look forward to the, the Good Friday service. I believe God's going to finish. I have a message titled, It is Finished. God's going to do some things in our hearts and lives that day. And then on Sunday, we get to celebrate the resurrection. And we have, we are, we're going to throw a party. Because Jesus said that the master sent out his servant. He said, I want you to go out into the highways and byways. I want you to compel them to come. And I'm challenging us as a church family. Bring your friends. Invite your neighbors. We have a touch card. We have mailers that are going out and door hangers. And we have all kinds of activities that weekend preparing for that. And things to sign up for. Next week I'm going to challenge you to...
take this word that we've been getting and make it into practice and living it. And then on Easter, we're going to gather together one church, one location, Millennium Middle School, our 9 o'clock service, our 10.30 service. We're just going to celebrate. Because I'm going to declare this, I'm going to declare to everyone who's there that day, that loved one, Jesus went to the cross. He did it for you. He's alive and He's risen. He has the power to change your world. So that's the power of the message of, the message of hope in our city. So ushers this morning, I'm going to pray. I challenge you, you have a little card that the card that Christina told everyone about. We're going to drop these in the bucket right now. We have our names on them, but there's some ac- there's some action steps today that I'm challenging you to. Our scripture memory verse today was, I'm overwhelmed continually with the desire for your word. I'm overwhelmed